0: This is Ryan Aperzeze here for Kewler Insider Videocast. I'm here with Nick Kittle. Nick, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah. uh, So my name is Nick Kittle. I'm a government performance and innovation coach. I am the CEO and author of Sustainovation um, building, uh, building great government one wildly creative idea at a time. Um, I am the performance and innovation coach for Cartograph as well. So a little bit about my background. I spent a number of years working for oil and gas industries, I started my own company at the age of 27 and owned a few patents and then ended up starting my work for government um, about 15 years ago. So I've had a variety of different roles in government, including um, including things like public works director. I founded one of the first innovation offices in the country, I've managed 17 different divisions and. <clears throat> um and now what i do is i help governments understand what it means to build sustainable innovation and how they go about doing that and i help them understand what it means to build high performance government and how we go about doing that
0: what was that business that you started before you worked in government
1: yeah sure i started a company called easy submittals um what we did was we patented a portion of the construction um the construction submittal process which is Something that you do when you're constructing a building. Basically, what somebody does is they prove that the lighting systems that they said or the heating systems that they said are exactly what you need from an engineering uh, perspective for your facility. So you have to bid on it and then you prove it. What we did was we took that process um, and turned it into an electronic one. So typically, what would Mm -hmm. happen is you would um, in that normal process, what would happen is you would take documents that are anywhere between 30 and 200 pages, make seven paper copies of those, yeah. and then ship those from the factory to the subcontractor, to the general contractor, to the architect, to the engineer, and then the owner. They all stamp it and say that that's what they want. And then it would all go back to the factory, who then can turn around and start constructing whatever it is they need. Right. Um, the average turnaround time on that was 49 days. Our product did it in less than seven.
0: So was that a successful venture?
1: Um, surprisingly, yes and no. So absolutely. Right when we started to take off and become wildly successful, patent trolls came and sued our lights out and bankrupted us. It was interesting. So learned a lot of valuable lessons out of that. We were two guys with a great idea and our own bank accounts. And what we found out was, big corporations, when you start to become successful, if they feel like they can break you, they'll do that as opposed to buy you. Um, So we ended up selling to a rival firm and nearly going bankrupt in the process, but it was, and now it's part of almost every software package that construction, uh, every construction software package out there, Uh, it's a part of.
0: Wow, that would kill me. Uh, But you picked yourself back up and started working in government. I spent about 10 years in
1: Colorado Springs in the last few years in Adams County, uh, Colorado. And then here in the last, you know, l- the last few years since I've stepped out on my own, I've, l- this last year I visited with 50 different communities across the country. Um, wow, So as, yeah. a,
0: as a consultant, right?
1: Um, yeah, for, for lack of a better word. Uh, I don't really like the word consultant because that really mm-hmm. wasn't what I was doing. Um, but yes for helping people just go ahead and set up their innovation offices, kick off their innovation efforts, get their workforce inspired, um, troubleshoot some of the issues that they're having in terms of getting employee ideas out there and and really change management, right? And that piece as well. How do we deal yes. with change and make that successful?
0: Yeah, so QSend makes a product called QAlert, which is a 311 CRM solution. Any service that a city offers, citizens can put in a request call in a request um and then it will automatically route their request to whoever it needs to go to then uh, as they work on it they're able to add notes and those notes can be communicated back to the citizen automatically so there's no manual follow-up it basically organizes their lives gives them all the data on all of that to track and analyze um, So I do customer training. So I do on-site training. I'll fly out somewhere to a new customer and train the city workers how to use our software. Um, And we do, it is kind of a change management project because you are introducing a new piece of technology to government workers and most of them are receptive, but we do have sometimes it's a struggle. We do have people who really don't want to use something new and are, are resistant.
1: Absolutely. And, and really, it's specific to government, you know, and I think that's the other piece is having done innovation in government for nearly a decade and being one of those, you know, sort of early, early creators of kind of what the space looks like, it was learning these lessons that are uniquely government like what you're talking about Ryan I mean it is not an easy business to make change happen when there are a number of forces working against you and the rules are different for government than they are for private corporations um and right. and so we've got to you know and that's and that's why that's why I wrote the book was to help people understand the things that are different in terms of government and how government operates and yes you still can be innovative and we can build great programs but the rules are different. And so you better get used to the new rules. And if you won't, then you're gonna struggle. Um, but just like you said too, Ryan, Cartograph, mm-hmm. when I work with their customers, um, similar sort of thing, right? We have an app yep. that helps citizens report in, um, specifically for public works, parks, those kinds of things, right? And you know, mm-hmm. going out and helping them adopt and adapt to what that looks like is part of the gig too. And that's change management piece. Um, and it's so critical to help people understand what that change looks like. And so for Cartograph and their customers, that's a lot of what I help them do too, is get the five tenants of high performance government and, and really help them uh, understand what change management they need in, to be successful so that we can actually get to the implementing um, and the part of the product that helps you be the most successful, right?
0: Absolutely. So your book Sustainovation is all about change management in government or any other large organization. Do you want to introduce your book?
1: Sustainovation is about building sustainable innovation in government one wildly creative idea at the time and so the idea here is to help people understand how do we do that specifically in a government setting Um, or really any large bureaucracy because the rules are different. So I help people learn how to ask why and what do we do with why and how can we be more successful with that. We get people into creativity and perspective and learn actual creativity techniques to change the way that you're thinking. Um, Most people don't know this, but 95% of us are creative geniuses at five years old. But by the time we're adults, that number is less than 5%. In truth, the creativity has been trained out of us. So for me, it's really important to help people understand what is a real tool that I can use to be creative, because that is the genesis of our ideas. And then it becomes about doing some things with um, brainstorming better. So I I teach about how we brainstorm better because the way that we brainstorm is stupid. Um, (laughs) And then how we get into pilot projects. And so I talk about how do we launch successful pilot projects. For me, I have over 65 pilot projects in my career. Um, with varying degrees of success, but I've learned a lot about how to get your idea off the ground so that it can be tested and learn what works and what doesn't. Then we talk about how we spin each other up and how we work as a team, right? Um, And lead by inspiration and motivation, and that's team us. The things that unite us are greater than the things that divide us. And so how can we build a team that will build momentum behind our ideas to be successful? Then we get into taking action because we all know that plans sit on shelves. So we've got to get action behind our ideas. And so I teach techniques on how we, we uh, and I talk about this in the book, how do we build that action behind our idea? I call those actionisms. Um, and then building our personal armor, because what's different about government than a lot of the other things is that we have media and citizens, and everybody has an interest in our jobs and how we do our jobs. And most people think they're an expert in some form or fashion. So there is a lot of personal um, strength and personal armor that needs to be built in order to go out and try new things in government. And so I talk about building your personal armor, and then selling ideas. Um, You know, instead of saying things like, Oh, we're going to install riprap along the riparian corridor in order to reduce the turbidity of the water, which is a lot of (laughs) government speak. Let's talk like humans and say, you know what, we're putting big rocks down by the river to make the water cleaner, right? Um, and, And so teaching people how to tell better stories. And then if we're doing those things on an individual level, we can build things into the systems of government that allow us to be successful. And I call those the faves. We can build an innovation fund. And I talk about how that works, right? An innovation academy and what that looks like. Um, innovation value, we can measure the value of innovation. And we did a lot of that work in Colorado Springs. And then how do we educate and what's the structure look like for innovation in our organization? And by addressing those things, we can harness employee ideas, really kick it off to the next level and create something that is sustainable um, for innovation and in government. So that's what innovation is about, is those lessons from somebody who's a practitioner, somebody who's been there and done that, um, And me trying to communicate those things, some of which are going to be popular concepts that people are familiar with, some that are things that people have never heard of or never considered before. Um, But that's what I'm trying to do with Sustainovation is just share those lessons so that others don't have to learn them the same way that I did, uh, which is one gut punch at a time, right?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, I just want to say your book was excellent. There's a lot of really actionable advice, so everything in there is is stuff that you can go start doing tomorrow. Um, And you specifically mentioned Sustainovation faves, which was one of my favorite parts of the book. Could you give us a a breakdown of those for our listeners? Sure,
1: yeah, Ryan. Um, So the faves are basically what I call the core of Sustainovation. These are things that we can do organizationally that help to institutionalize innovation. Um, And so I'll walk through those again. One of those is the innovation fund. Um, An innovation fund is a really powerful tool for us to aggregate risk as an organization so that when we take risks, um, it's not on an individual level, right? Mm -hmm. An individual level risk is where a lot of people are afraid to live in government. Um, If I take a risk, something doesn't work out, I'm O for one and my job might be in jeopardy, right? An innovation fund allows 10 people to submit ideas, maybe seven of those get funded, and from that, now we're five out of seven, and that's what the team collectively did. So now we've mitigated our risk personally as well as organizationally, and we can create a risk profile as an organization. Maybe we want to really push the boundaries. So we can decide what that looks like and how risky we're willing to be, and maybe we're you know, we want to dabble in innovation, but we're a little more conservative, right? Mm-hmm. So an innovation fund allows us to do that. And one of the important things, and I think this is a misconception for a lot of people that I've seen innovation funds that are incredibly large. They mm-hmm. don't work well. There is a right uh-huh. size and so too large of an innovation fund ends up becoming a workaround on the budget process. Uh. Right? And so that's mm-hmm. something, you know, just from a, from that perspective, an innovation fund, we don't want it too large. So we want something that says we're serious, right? So it can't be too right. small, right? But we don't want it too large either so that people look at it as a as a workaround. So the nice part is, is that by a reasonable investment by communities, you can get into an innovation fund, change the risk profile for your organization, minimize individual risk and really harness the power of your employees. And so that's one of those things as an innovation fund. The next thing is an innovation academy. Mm-hmm. Since we have been since the creativity has been trained out of us, we have to train it back into us. Um, and thank you for the compliment related to the book on in terms of being practical. When it gets to creativity, you know, for me, Ryan, my yeah. dad, president of research and development for Dow, uh, my mom was a quilter and, wow. you know, creativity was required growing up. And so some of these techniques are things that I learned from growing up, um, but creativity is such an important part of it. And so we need to teach people again, mm-hmm. What that looks like and what that means, and that's why an innovation academy that says, you know, my community values these aspects of innovation. We're going to train you on how to do those things. Um, that's why an innovation academy is so important, and we can use that to spread the message, to advocate, to create that team us concept, mm-hmm. and also to support our innovation fund because now we have people who know what they're looking for, right? Right. Um, and then it becomes about innovation value and we can measure the value of innovation this is one of the one of the first sort of awards that we won was uh, to create this concept so when we founded one of the first offices in the country all the other models of innovation were social innovation which is great but when you're in a conservative community that's not going to fly so we knew we had to do something that demonstrated we created value for the citizens and we started creating the concept of innovation value so we could measure it um, and that formula is, is um, innovation value is actual cost savings plus the reasonable net present value of efficiency. So efficiency is anything that we would reinvest. Actual cost savings is dollars that we generate. And every project that we did, we could measure. But the great part about innovation value is a concept, and I've done this in different communities, different communities value mm-hmm. different things. So we can create a different innovation value for your community than we would for my community. And that's totally okay. But at least now we can measure it and agree on what the value of what we value when it comes to innovation. So that helps to create a common language and framework around it that allows us to be successful. And then we get into education. I'm a big believer that, you know, our HR teams don't and shouldn't have to be responsible for the training of the organization you know things and I know things that others don't know. Well, let's teach us to be trainers and harness that. And once the idea exchange starts to happen between employees and they become trainers, um, Mm. now it's really hard to put the genie back in the bottle. Um, And so that becomes a place where all of a sudden the ideas really go crazy. You know, That was one of the things we did in Adams County that I really loved was we built something called Impact Adams and it was about um, evolving the employee to become the trainers as well so we taught people how to become trainers we had um, courses on advanced analytical Excel how to build prezzies you know working with apps doing social media but then we also had presentations and classes on how to climb a 14 or a 14,000 foot mountain right how <laughs> to the health benefits of dark chocolate how to identify opioid addiction how to build a solar cooker right so we had all of these different offerings as a result of harnessing the employee's ability to teach. Um, And so I talk about how we build an education structure that really puts employees at the front of that equation. And uh, that's a huge part of us spinning up innovation. And then the last thing is we talk about the structure and there's a lot of different types of structures, but um, not all structures work well. And so from my experience and the number of communities I've worked with, I talk a little bit about what the right structure looks like in order for us to be successful. So yeah, that's the that's the faves in a rather relatively large nutshell there.
0: Going back to the value point. So you said you can measure value differently depending on what your community values. So does that mean if I'm in a more liberal, socially conscious community, that I might choose metrics that are more about social benefit where if I'm in a more conservative community then I might try to focus just on the the impact to the bottom line
1: yes and, and so you know in the case of a conservative community the innovation value measurement as it was in Colorado Springs might be more fiscal right right it's about maybe more dollar savings or or time savings or those kinds of things um, in in other communities it might be that we value employee morale well you could put a dollar figure to that Um, there's actual formulas out there that talk about the value of morale and what it does for us right so we could talk about morale Mm -hmm. we could talk about the value of beauty in the community and assign points and value um, to our projects based on the level of you know beauty and that can be Mm -hmm. so think of it like almost like a quarterback rating um, in football Mm -hmm. there's all these different factors that go into that right Right. Same kind of concept. We can pick and choose the things that go into that overall rating of whether this project is a successful project, um, something that generates the kind of value that we're looking to create or doesn't. But once we agree on that, it gets a lot harder for people to kind of wiggle out and start pointing the finger at innovation as being a dangerous thing. um, Because inevitably that happens at some point in every organization that goes down this path, the conversation becomes, well, that's not what I thought innovation was. Right? Right. That's why it's so important for us to define what innovation is for us at the outset so that we're all understanding the goals of what we're after with our program because there are so many different ways to structure it. Um, you know, and, and some communities do lean based um, type innovation efforts, right? Some people mm-hmm. do human centered design type efforts. Um, some, you know, so there's all of these different kinds of models or whatever. And some people model after sustain innovation, you know, but let's go ahead and start creating some understanding that innovation requires risk and that it does have a value.
0: Um, so I've talked a little bit already about Qalert. There is a company that you work with, Cartograph, and our two products have an integration Together, we have a few of the same customers. Do you want to talk a little bit about Cartograph? Um, I,
1: I think what I want folks to understand about Cartograph, I think Cartograph is a great organization. You know what they're doing is not only asset management and operations management as well, right? For parks and public works and and uh, utilities and and making sure that we've you know got our customers tracking those you know multi million dollars worth of assets, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but i think the other part you know in, in just in terms of relationship with qsend and it is the open integrations that both of our organizations have and the commitment that we've got to be able to be integratable yes you know and i i don't always see that you know i see organizations and software companies that try and lock people down or lock them out you only have to use us and what i love about both the, you know the, the cartograph product and the qsend product is that we're partners because there's integration there because all of our, all of us are working towards the goal of helping our customers become the very best citizen-facing, serving organizations that they possibly can. Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, and so just on that, you know, on that level, what, and that's the part that I try and help our customers understand is that we're here to help them on their journey, and their journey is different no matter what organization they're with, and and so that's why I I help them understand what we call the five tenets of high performance government and how Mm -hmm. we build that into what it is they do. Um, And one of those, of course, being change management, right? But it's also about building the effective and innovative teams, you know, creating efficient processes, producing measurable, actionable results, doing in a way that's clear and accountable and then engaging our residents. And if we're doing all five of those things, um, and I'm sure you would agree, right? Then we're winning.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's all about helping the customer achieve their goals, improving their performance and getting their citizens more engaged.
1: Yeah, and, and, and there's just, you know, not every company believes in that. Some of them believe in software, some of them believe in helping you get where you're looking to go. And to my mind, that's that's why I love working with Cartograph and their customers is because they're they're not a vendor, they're your partner. They're here to help you get where you're looking to go. And I know Q the same way.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, Nick. This has been great. Uh, it was great meeting you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Brian. It was great to virtually meet you.